Thank you all. God bless you all. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Can we just bless the Lord for Jimmy? Just bless the Lord for this mighty man of God. He is so good. Thank you, Lord. I gave it to Angel. (laughs) It's okay. I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this day. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, so much for your word, living and active, breathing and moving through us, Father. In you we move, in you we live, and in you we have our being, Father. So, uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring forth the oil of joy and just the garment of praise in exchange for the spirit of heaviness. I want you all to, whoever wants to exchange and trade in their old cars right now, I want you to raise your hand. I don't care if you like your, ah, (laughs) Jimmy's like, I have a testimony about that too. I just want to share real quick. Okay, I can't yet. I transferred our insurance after being with the same car insurance carrier for like eight years And I don't like change so much because I'm like, I think you like build over time, right? I saved over $300 a month. Yeah, I wasn't going to tell him that, but yeah. (laughs) And then just in time for Jimmy to trade in his car, I'm like, Jimmy, so help me, Lord, if if you make our rate go up again. I was like, Lord. He's like, won't he do it? Amen. No. (laughs) But I thought that was so awesome because... I don't change away from things very easily. Like we've had the same insurance carrier, the same, you know, you build relationship with some of your, whatever it is that you're using for, especially for insurance. You want to trust who you have your insurance with, right? But God is so faithful. Just in time for Jimmy to trade in, I'm like, Lord. (laughs) I said, I I pray, well, yes, my fidelity is in him. But but if you want to trade and exchange the garment of heaviness for the, for the joy and the oil of gladness. Thank you, Lord. By faith, Lord. Yes, God. Do it, Lord. Yes, Father. If we go to John chapter 11, many of you all know that that is um, just, you know, that's synonymous. This, this is the scripture. This is the chapter, the death and resurrection of Lazarus. So I was laughing when Jimmy had said this morning, that's in, ta- that's in tandem right along there with Jesus wept, because that is actually where that scripture is found, isn't it? Because this is what I was reading and studying this morning was John chapter 11, the death and resurrection of Lazarus. There's a word in this word. There's an oil, there's an illumination inside, on the inside of us from this word. See, we're, we're too common with the scripture, and then we miss it like the disciples did. They didn't understand. And uh, John chapter 11, verse 11, I'll just start there. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to go a little bit further up. John chapter 11 verse 8 the disciples said to him rabbi the jews were just now seeking to stone you and you are going there again so jesus after getting word that lazarus is dead is going to go back to jerusalem because you know he has he knows for whatever reason that he has to go back to where lazarus is dead at because he has to be the one to speak into the unseen realm and to call him out right And so the disciples are, you know, seeking their own life. They're like, Lord, listen, they were just after you. I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to go back to where we were just about to get God. I don't want to go there. Okay. I vote no. Right. They all of a sudden turn into this whole group of um, (laughs) 
diplomats trying to diplom diplomacy within the, the kingdom of God does not work. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to command something in order for the kingdom of God to be made manifest here on earth. They were trying to save their own lives, and so they, can, they were trying to actually kind of negotiate with Jesus. And so Jesus, being the, the, the son of God, he speaks to the unseen realm, and he says to the disciples, essentially, Jesus answered, there are, or are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. So Jesus is, again, speaking to the unseen realm, right? He's speaking to the fact that we're not just talking about life in Christ or life within the light of what we see. We're talking about life in Christ in the unseen realms. If there's a darkness pervading a person, they cannot see. They, they don't see. They stumble around. They move around. They walk around. And um, in confusion is really what I read when I read that. And they walk around in death, right? So this... He said, and after this, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Like, listen, man, do you really have to go where we just almost were going to get God? If he's asleep, he's going to be fine. Give him, send him to his mom. He'll be good. <laughs> if he's asleep, my Lord, he's going to recover. They didn't understand. They, they still didn't understand, even having seen all the miracles that he was working in. See, Jesus saw not just the natural, but he saw the spiritual and the supernatural of where Lazarus was at. Lazarus was already dead at this time, from what I understand, even when Jesus was speaking this, right? Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was speaking of literal sleep. Look to your neighbor and say, stop being a literalist. You take the word. You repeat. I'm still doing a repeat after me, guys. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still repeating. You take the word at the spirit of the word take the word at the spirit of the word josh are you up here to play the keys you're gonna get like when i say a good point <laughs> like when i say a good point you're like on the drums or something no i'm kidding just kidding <laughs> you take the word at the spirit of the word Remember my other saying of, like, it's not about the bread? You know, you forgot the bread, dummy. No. <laughs> um, you take the word of the spirit of the word because when flesh begots flesh, so spirit begots spirit. And so where we're trying to make sense of the word in a natural way, well, maybe they were talking about this. Maybe they were talking about that. Yeah, all your guessing is good, but how many of you all know that it's way more efficient in order to take something, a situation, take the word of Jesus Christ and say, Holy Spirit, reveal this word to my spirit. Because other than, other than that, all you're going to be doing is walking around stumbling in darkness. You're not going to have the light. See, we have to know not just what the word says, but we have to know how to apply it, when to apply what, and where. Jesus knew that he had to go back into, the, into Jerusalem. They were trying to convince him every which way out of that. 
And see, he knew by the spirit where Lazarus was. He knew he was sleeping. I could go into so I'm not, yeah. Okay, I am. The disciples then said to him, Lord, okay. Um, So Jesus then said to them, plainly, say plainly. Say plain Jane. Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Jesus had to break it down and, and stop talking in the spirit to come down basically plainly to their dimension to speak. Okay, they're not, they're not understanding that I'm speaking to the spirit. The Lazarus is asleep and I'm going to go and wake him up. You're not getting it. So I'm just going to have to dumb this down for you and speak to you plainly. Yes, Lazarus is dead, but I'm going to go and wake him up. Therefore, Thomas, who is called uh, Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. <laughs> I love Thomas. <laughs> I love Thomas. Thomas is like, fine, let's go. Fine. I'll, I'll make the sandwiches. Let's go. Let's go die with Lazarus because they're going to kill us when we get to Jerusalem, is what he was saying, basically. <laughs> so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. So how many of you all know that Jesus has been speaking to your spirit throughout your day, throughout your scriptures, throughout your prayer time, and that you're trying to make it match intellectually in a natural manner? And you're stumbling in darkness when the Lord is trying to wake you up out of your slumber. He's trying to wake you up out of the, out of the tombs of your mind. He's trying to say, girl, you've been dead for a hot minute. You stink but I'm here to wake you up out of sleep. And you're still trying to wake up. You're just, well, I guess, I'm, I mean, I'm going to come out of this eventually. I mean, I'm not going to sleep forever. Some of you all have made plans and contingency plans of like, well, I guess I'll do that more when I have time. Let me tell you what, in the spirit of the living word, you don't have the time that you think you have. Time, the word tells me that the enemy, that time is an enemy essentially, that the days are evil. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to save time, to be efficient, and to be purposeful in the power of his, of his word. See, had he listened, obviously Jesus wouldn't have, but had some of us in past seasons listened to people who had said good, valid points, like, hey, if you go there, you're going to die. Nobody would ever have done anything right for the kingdom of God. We will miss it every single time if we're constantly trying to make the word of the Lord make sense in our natural intellect. Now, there is something to be said for, for um, you know, for intellectual understanding matching up with spiritual understanding. And that also comes by the power of the Holy Spirit illuminating the dark places. But where you try to make sense in the natural, you will always miss it. Spirit begots spirit. We need the spirit of the living word to come in and to literally pull us out of the tombs of death. See, just because you're alive and you're sitting here in awakening, come on, wake up, awakening remnant church, I don't, pre- I don't presuppose that every single one of us are really awake. 
And when I mean awake, I mean conscious to the Spirit of God. I mean that you know, I, I sense the power of Holy Spirit moving and breathing and living in me on the inside and then around me and about me. And I can see when he's moving and he's breathing on a person's life. I can feel him. There was a portion even during worship where I'm standing here and I wasn't even conscious. Jimmy was standing there perfectly still right next to me. And it took a minute and I said, oh, he's back here because I'm here. But how many of you all know that we're here, but we're also seated in heavenly places? That where we get our authority from is from the kingdom of God. I felt the Holy Spirit literally wrapping around and and correcting portions of my spine. Come on, guys. Me. That have been out of of place from different things, from walking around in snow in in Antarctica here. I'm not even, I'm going to say, I'm like, Lord, how do people do this? There's portions of my spine that have been hurting since moving here. And I felt Holy Spirit like breathing and moving and and aligning areas as I was breathing that the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that one of the names of Holy Spirit is Ruach? It is the living breath, the life-giving breath that brings resurrection power even on the inside of us. It's the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that also dwells within us, and it quickens our mortal bodies. So we're not just talking about a natural thing here. We're talking about supernatural. But, but I want you to take reference here that when Jesus said, I spoke to them plainly, he was speaking to their natural state. Yes, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes. I love his snapback. Oh, Jesus, I love you so much. I love his snapback. Yeah, Lazarus is dead. But I'm glad for your sake, you unbelieving generation, nasties, <laughs> that I wasn't there so that now you get to be the participant of the miracle. Because that's basically what he was telling him. He goes, yeah, he is. But since you want to talk natural, let's talk about this. So that's the whole, that's the place. The perplexity of man is that the enemy is always going to try to get you to question who God is. He's always going to try to get you to question and to come back down plainly. But how many of you all know that you're tripart beings? You're not just natural. The kingdom of God is not just a matter of eating and drinking, but of power and of, and of peace and of joy in the Holy Ghost. There is a joy unspeakable and in fullness that we've been lacking and we've been missing that the Lord wants to awaken in us. There's a natural portion of our bodies that he wants to heal in order to regain our fidelity in him. There's a spirit, there's a supernatural above natural place that he wants our minds to reside. Not that we're just denying everything like, oh no, that's not, you know, there was a portion of time where we didn't speak certain things in the kingdom of God. And I still believe that in a lot of areas, there's certain stuff I won't say, amen, that's called self-control. But we were in a place of name it and claim it and what was it, blab it and grab it <laughs> of like the word of faith movement in certain areas where we wouldn't say certain things because we didn't want to speak that, right? Because we do know as believers the power of life and death is within our tongue. We know that we have the power to establish something and to see it come to fruition. However, I found that in this season and in this misunderstanding, the enemy perverted areas of our understanding so that now we were prideful. Now we were proud. Now if Jimmy had a broken foot one of the many times from doing all his uh, stuff that he does, um, <laughs> and we were in church uh, and someone slapped him in the leg, he was like, you're healed, man of God. And he was like, ah! 
<laughs> or stomped on it. The creative miracle was that Jimmy did not kill him because <laughs> I, was, I was certain like, oh, Lord, here we go. Jimmy's going to get him. Um, <laughs> I was certain. That was a creative miracle, the self-control that was gained in that because I was like, whoa. So there became this pride that we weren't allowed to say that we were going through things or that something was wrong or that we had physical ailment in our body because we were healed and we knew we were healed. Yes, know that you're healed, but how many of you all caught when the testimonies were going forward about the cancer? People still were going to their doctors. My mother-in-law still went to her doctor. We need the wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. So, so, so in that season, I found this perversity where people were like, no, I'm, I'm believing I'm God, I'm healed. I'm, I'm okay. And it's like, wait a minute, use the wisdom that God gave you. He made doctors too. Amen. Jesus is the great physician, but we have to use our wisdom coupled with our spiritual knowledge. So yes, use the plain, you know, you speak plainly where it needs to be spoken, but Supreme above that, supernaturally above that, is the spirit of the living God who, who will give us wisdom. Don't get me started on vaccinations because I'm not going there right now. I'm going to stay in the spirit, except for that. <laughs> no, I tried to make an eye contact appointment to get contacts this week because I haven't worn them before. But if you wear glasses, you know sometimes it can be frustrating when you have to keep getting new uh, prescriptions or whatever. And then you, maybe one pair breaks and then another one has a certain doesn't fit right. And you're like, you have a backup pair for your backup pair. And you're like, oh, man. And you know if it's been a day because I'm wearing a certain pair of glasses that I'm like, well, couldn't find the other ones or they need to be tightened or whatever. There's a lot of maintenance, basically, is what I'm saying. So I tried to make an appointment somewhere here locally, and they told me that they could not give me a fitting for my contacts unless I had proof that I had a COVID vaccination. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> I said, surely not. So that, that was grieving. But I want you, so in, per, in perspective to that, and I don't know where you stand on the side of any of it, and nor do I care, really. The Lord will bring you into conviction of whatever you feel that you should be doing. To me, where the enemy tries to get in to get us to major in the minors is where he brings division of things that are of this world, right? And he gets you to try to side on a, on a place of, um, what's the word, frustration, right? Instead of using the spirit of God, supernatural spirit of God to breathe life over an area. We have power in our prayer, right? I took that information as the Lord gave it to me because I said, well, that's not really right. We shouldn't be doing that. No matter where you stand on the side of anything, to go get fitted for contacts, that shouldn't be, right? That wasn't, to me, that wasn't right. That, that grieved me. There was something in me that said, you better pay attention to that, Whitney. You better pay attention because when I see something or I hear something that, that grieves my spirit and makes my ears go, wait a minute, I pay attention to that and so should you. Amen? So, Again, there's a reason that the Lord would show us these things in order that we would naturally discern one thing, but we would also supernaturally speak to the thing, right? So Jesus knew, if we go forward into G, uh, John chapter 11, let's go to 41. No, let's go to 40. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? 41. So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around me, I love Jesus. Oh, I love him so much. Because of the people standing around me, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. I love Jesus in the level of petty that I read that in. Father, I know that you always hear me, but because of these guys, you know, that's really what it is. He's always speaking to the Father on our behalf, but it's because of the people around us that we're trying to save face or we're trying to uh, appease. We don't say the things that need to be said, but Jesus did not have that problem, nor should you. Father, I know that you hear me. I know that you hear everything I'm saying anyway, but I'm saying it like this for the hearer. He's doing it for the benefit of the hearer, right? He said, um, so that they may, when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, abound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around him or with a cloth, Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw he uh, saw what he had done believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. You're always going to have two groups of people around miracles. You're always going to have two groups. You're always going to have the tattletales that are like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. That was not theologically sound. I don't believe that you should have done this on the Sabbath. There were some things. Now you're all ceremonially unclean because you've been in the presence of a dead body. Wait, 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 wait. You're going to have that group, right? Then you're going to have the other group that's like, wow, we believe. <laughs> wow. That, that, there's no way. There's no way any man could have done that except for he'd been the son of God, right? You're always going to have those two groups. I find that where Jesus was speaking to the unseen realm, he didn't just, how was Lazarus already dead, but then Jesus still called him forward to be alive. Not just because he was the son of man, but because he knew how to navigate in the, in the, in the dark, essentially. He was the light. He was the resurrection power. So he knew how to call somebody out of darkness See, that's the whole thing. Darkness does not perceive light. It doesn't understand it. It can't comprehend it. But Jesus was the living light of the world. So he went into the, he went spiritually. You didn't see him go anywhere. He just stood there and he called forth. But in the spirit, he was moving. He was moving. In the spirit, he, his voice was moving and navigating and, and, and walking around corners and pushing past deadness and pushing through tombs of different types in the spirit realm. And he was moving and he was pulling Lazarus out. See, Jesus was just standing there and he spoke, Lazarus, come forth. So that's what they saw and that's what they heard. But in the spirit, the light of Christ Jesus, the living light and the hope of the world was moving into the dark realms. It was moving in the void, you guys. He was moving in the void in the depth of darkness and of disease and of sickness and of death because in him there is no shadow, there is no variance, there is no death. He is the living light of the world. So when he just stood there and said, Lazarus, come forth, that was in the natural. He was speaking plainly again. Even in the resurrection power, he was speaking plainly. But he was moving in the void. And he's still doing that. He still does that now. He still moves in the void of death. 
and of darkness and of destruction, and he puts chaos into order. See, in Genesis chapter 1, it says the Holy Spirit was hovering upon the face of the deep, and there was darkness and void. It's the same thing where Lazarus was, there was void, and Holy Spirit hovered, and, he, and then God spoke. What did Jesus do? Jesus spoke. God spoke and said, let there be, and there was light. That was taking void and chaos and bringing it into, into center, into sense, into the light of Christ Jesus. How many of you all need the void to be filled with the light of Jesus Christ? He will do it. He will do it. He is doing it. Yes, he is. That's my amen for and I love her. Yes, he is. She named after me. That's why. No. <laughs> he will do it. He's doing it. Why? Because the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead also dwells within us, then he will quicken our mortal bodies. The quickening of the Holy Ghost. It's a, it's a light that darkness doesn't perceive. It's a light that the world hates. When Jimmy was up here saying, if y'all don't know that there are witches and warlocks and people praying against you, you have to understand that it's not even that they're like, by name, checking off a list, praying against you. It's that because of what you have on you, who you confess, the light of Jesus Christ in you, that's what the prayer is against. They, it opposes everything that God stands for in us. And we have to know that flesh begots flesh, but spirit begot spirit. And the light of Jesus Christ will go into the depths and the darkest voids of any person's life, and he'll say, come forth. Be awake. Awake out of the sleep. Awake out of the darkness. Awake out of the slumber of this world. And be ye made whole, right? And then loose those old nasty, stinky grave clothes up off of your body because even Martha, I love Martha too. She was like, Lord, by now he stinks. Earlier, she was like, Lord, a lot of us are like that in ministry too. We're like, mm, by now, they, you know, we're like, Lord, I believe you can do it, but they're probably stinky now. We're just always, you know, people are people. What does Fran say? People be people in. <laughs> but it's the light of Jesus Christ. You will always have two groups, but I, my prayer right now to the Father is that we would be a house full of people who believe, who live in the light that the darkness does not perceive, who walk in the light, who spread the light of Jesus Christ in the darkest places. I want you all to stand to your feet right now. I want you all to raise your hands to the Lord. I want, uh, Nick, if you can come and play. I know you had about a two-second break in this Pentecostal church, but praise the Lord for anointing your, finger, your fingers for battle. I thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your, for your goodness, for your kindness, for your mercy, Lord. I thank you, Father, that when we pray that you hear us, Lord, because you always hear me, Lord. You hear me because I love you and I need you continually to do the work that you've called me to do, Father. I declare and decree over every single person with their raised hands right now, Lord, that you're renewing in them a right mind. You're renewing in them the, the unseen realm of the awakening, Father. Awake the consciousness of their identity to be in you, Father, that they will sense, they will know, they will, they will be able to perceive the living breath of Jesus Christ in them, through them, and on them. Holy Spirit, 
Take the dark places and shine light in them now. Awaken their sight that they won't have to see things and hear things plainly, Lord. That where they walk, the light of Jesus Christ is literally going with them. Father, anoint them right now. Anoint them and unbind the grave clothes off of them, Father. Awaken their mind to you, Lord. Awaken their understanding to you, God. I pray for a greater revelation of your light, Lord. Go into the tombs, every single one of the places of their mind where death has been for even 40 years for some of them, Lord, and bring them out alive, Lord. We don't care about the stench. We don't care about it, Lord, because we know that where you are at, Lord, there is a sweet aroma of your presence. There is a sweet gladness of your Holy Spirit. And then as they come out of the grave clothes, Lord, just wash them by the power of your word. Wash them by the blood of Jesus. Wash the stench of death off of your sons and your daughters right now by the living word of God. Wash them clean, Lord, by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit now, Lord. I pray that they would have such an encounter like never before. Some of them have grown dead in their faith, Lord. Some of them have grown stale in their belief because they haven't sensed, they haven't seen, they haven't perceived a miracle in years, Lord. But I pray that you would revive them, Lord. Allow them to see, to sense, to hear, to know, God, that you are still a mountain-moving Father. You are still a life-giving Jesus. You are still a power-filled Holy Spirit that will raise us from the dead places, God. I pray that they would feel the power of Jesus Christ surging through every single portion of their lives, Lord. I pray you would do it for them now, God. Do it for them now, Lord. Whatever it is that they've been praying that they haven't yet seen, Lord, I pray that you would allow them to see the miracle of Jesus Christ in their lives. Take away the doubt. Take away the unbelief and allow the faith of Jesus Christ and the light of the glory of the Lord to shine in their lives, Lord. I pray that even some of you, some of you who leave continually, you leave church and then you say, man, this was amazing. Man, this was great. Man, this is, I feel like everything's going to be different now. And then you go back into the cares of the world. You go back into the, to the stress and to the trauma of your day. And then you get back in front of the computer or you get back in front of your phone and the same temptations come and come and come again. But in the name of Jesus, I break the yoke of those temptations now. You're not going to leave here the same in Jesus' name. You're not going to leave here the same in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you now, God. The light of Jesus Christ is going to shine in those areas. You're waking up different. The temptations that used to bother you, they're not going to be there anymore. You're, you're loose. The Father says, unbind him. Unbind him. You're loosed in Jesus' name. You're loosed in Jesus' name. You are loosed from the grave clothes. Do you know what that means? You're not dead anymore. That means you don't have to worry about going to bed and waking up the same. That temptation is not going to overtake you. You hear me? You hear him? It ain't going to overtake you. The word says that no temptation will overtake you. That he has given you a plan of escape. Just to open that escape hatch. The escape hatch is that if you submit to God, resist the devil, flee. That he, that he will flee, sorry. Resist, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. 
will, not my will, your will, Lord, not mine, not two, because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I break the instability off of your sons and daughters right now in Jesus' name. Fire of God, I pray the purging, Lord, the purifying holy oil of your presence to permeate in their lives, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Where would we be without you, Jesus? Jesus, I pray you would make yourself known to every person here like never before. Where would we be without you, Jesus? God, we thank you so much for your son. We thank you. Holy Spirit, I seal this word by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.